So we're in Afghanistan and we're in Iraq. We don't really belong there. You know, I mean, I support the troops 100%. One of the ways I want to support the troops is I want to bring them home so that they can defend this nation and do what troops are supposed to do. Keep us safe from all the what? Hordes of Chinese that are going to invade us. I mean, uh, the Iranians who are going to send over missiles, the North Koreans. You know, worried about the North Korean missiles. I love this. I read an article about uh, three or four years ago, maybe three years ago, when the when the North Koreans remember they tested that missile missile and sent it towards Japan. Do you know what the do you know what the warhead was on that missile? It was a radio playing the North Korean national anthem. Yeah, now th- this is for true. Okay, it's a wonderful world we live in. As long as we still live in it. Okay, Pepsi is dropping out of schools. Now, you know, this country is basically so overweight. I mean, we could liposuction all the overweight people in this country and use that material either to put fat on all the starving people in the rest of the countries, or we could, as they did in Miami, they found out that liposuction centers were selling their fat to people who were rendering it down to make biodiesel for cars. Right. Get off my fat ass and drive in a car powered by my fat ass. It's a wonderful, wonderful world, and it just keeps coming back on itself. Driving in both directions simultaneously on the Mobius Strip is what I like to call it. Pepsi-Cola said they are voluntarily removing high-calorie sweetened drinks from schools for kids up to age 18 in more than 200 countries by 2012. How come it takes them two years to do that? All they have to say is, hey, Kibosh the sugar in the schools, but now it's going to take them all because they got to squeeze that last penny out of those poor kids. Pepsi is responding to demands from activists that food and beverage companies not offer kids products linked to childhood obesity. Hmm, that makes sense. Well, Pepsi's behind Coca-Cola. They did it a little bit earlier, but here's the deal. Coca-Cola announced this month it won't sell sugar drinks in primary schools worldwide. Middle schools and high schools, ah, ha, ha, ha. That's okay. In fact, uh, Bruce Silverglade, legal affairs director of the Center for Science and the Public Interest, said shame on Coca-Cola for insisting on targeting high school students in most countries around the world. Well, I mean, I'm Coca-Cola, there is grief over, over there in Atlanta because they no longer get to hook the kids at the age of four or five or six. They have to wait until they're in middle school. So a few of those kids may actually no longer be reachable because their parents got together with them and said, let's save your life. You never know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm always hopeful. So, okay, that's the front page. Now let's go to sports. Oh, I love this. Bans for low-grade rates urged. There's a picture of Education Secretary Arne Duncan, who's eight foot four feet high and a former basketball player. He said it saved his life. Well, if U.S. Secretary of Education Arne Duncan has his way, a dozen of the teams in the NCAA men's basketball tournament would be eligible to play, would not be eligible to play in it, including top-seeded Kentucky. In other words, there'd be less madness in March, okay? Duncan proposes teams with graduation rates of less than 40% be banned from postseason play. That's a low bar, Duncan said Tuesday. If you can't graduate two out of five of your student athletes, how serious are you about academic, the academic part of your mission? He's absolutely right. I mean, uh, what is professional sports doing in higher education? I taught a, I taught a um, course for all at UCLA down in Los Angeles. And I got to know a lot of the teachers on, in, the, uh, in the undergraduate school. And they said that they were constantly being pressured to suborn their professional standards, to pass people who, who didn't do the work, to look, to look the other way when they saw papers that were written for them. It totally was ruining their morale. I said, how do you do it? They said, well, we look 
to the graduate school for our props. We no longer consider the undergraduate school really that valid. So along comes Aaron Duncan and says, look, if you can't pass two out of every five of your, in quotes, student athletes, who are actually neither students nor athletes, they are basketball players in training, ready to get to the NBA. Okay, so let's say that we, we, we went with that. If you don't graduate 40% of these people, you don't play. Who wouldn't play in March Madness this year? Well, let's see. Arkansas Pine Bluff, they only graduate 29%. Baylor, 36%. Baylor's supposed to be such a hot school. California, I think that's Berkeley, 20%. Ah, help me. Clemson, 37%. Georgia Tech, 38%. Kentucky, 31%. Louisville, 38%. Maryland, 8%. Oh, my. Well, why graduate at all? Missouri, 36%. New Mexico State, 36%. Tennessee, 30%. And Washington, my new state, 29%. Scandal. Well, what are you going to do about it? I know this. The people over in Europe think we are crazy. Can you imagine um, colleges at Oxford or Cambridge or the Sorbonne or the University of Bologna saying, we just can't wait to, to get some of them famous cricket or soccer players in here because, you know, that's what it's all about. Now, we're the only educational system, higher educational system, that basically spends its time training people for professional athletics or what I call dreaming through other men's bodies. But don't worry. It's going to get better. We're going to get through all of this together.
Okay, nuclear treaty, start treaty. Uh, how many of these can we keep? And how many of those can we keep? And when's the end of the world coming? No, it's, it's big, important stuff. And so the Republican Party, the NOP, uh, who do they put up basically as their spokesperson in response to this? Oh, there's, there's Lieberman, the proto-noper, who says, uh, oh, you're going to you're gonna have to prove to me that Iran can't, uh, can't take us over before I'm going to let you get away with this treaty. No, it was Sarah Palin who said, why, this is incredible, she said. This is like, like just going up to a bully in the sandbox and letting them hit you. It was something like that. I mean, that's the level of the response. And we're talking here about nukes. Nukes are a big deal. I don't have to tell you about that clock we all grew up with, the atomic scientist clock that was almost at midnight, this hand that kept getting closer, and I'd look up at it. The only clock that was worth, that was worse watching, not worth watching, but worse watching, was the clock in school. Oh, when is it going to be 320 and I'm out of here? So those scary clocks, and nukes are scary things, and... Sarah Palin is not the person to be responding. She is not the person that we make responsible for something so deadly. She almost had the button. You know that. She almost had the button. I mean, she almost was president of the United States. That's the scariest thing I can imagine. At least the scariest thing from 2009 working over here into 2010. Nukes. Nukes are in the news. New York State says Indian Point violates the Water Act. This is a great lady again. In a major victory for environmental advocates, New York State has ruled that outmoded cooling technology at the Indian Point nuclear power plant kills so many Hudson River fish and consumes and contaminates so much water that it violates the federal Clean Water Act. Well, so what's new? Aha. The decision is a blow to the plant's owner, the energy Enter the Entergy. Oh, this is one. How much did they pay this person to come up with E-N-T-E-R-G-Y? They must have sat around them white tables in Madison Avenue, smoking cigarettes and drinking Red Bull for, for months before they came up with that. 